Welcome to the It Doesn't Hold Up podcast. We review and reevaluate all things we remember fondly from our childhood and years prior to see if they still hold up. And more often than not, they probably don't. I'm Stuart Shepherd, along with my co-host and good friend Michael Smith. Smith, how are you doing? Well, I'm doing, and to quote this film, get over here. No, no, you've quoted the completely wrong film, Smith. No, I haven't. No, no, this is the this is, uh, uh, fatality. That's the other one that it says in the film. No, no, again, you've yep. quoted the completely wrong, wrong film. Did I watch the wrong film? You, you watched the wrong film, Smith. We, we, we were, we were doing Street Fighter, not Mortal Kombat. Well, I'm pretty sure they're the same film. So let's, uh, <laughs> let's, just power, let's just power through and see what happens. Indeed, indeed. Well, hopefully, Smith has watched the right film. But before we get onto that, have, I? Just, have you? Have you? We will never know. But before we get on to that, let's just talk a little bit about last week's episode, because it was very well received. People said to me how apt it was that we chose a spooky film for Halloween. And uh, yeah, people said not seen that film in a long time, and it actually made them want to go back and watch it. Uh, but however, on the other side of the coin, some people said to me, that film never hold up to begin with, so why did you cover it? I was like, well, you know. It's well, that, I mean, that's subjective, isn't it, whether or not it held up to begin with. I mean, I could say something held up when I was eight, but don't say it holds up now, which is sort of the whole mission statement of this podcast. But does that mean it never held up to begin with? Who exactly. knows? Exactly. And then the other massive universal piece of feedback I got was Sarah Jessica Parker, Sarah Jessica Parker in that film. And <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't agree more. <laughs> right then. Did you get any supplemental feedback, or is that pretty much the gist of it as well? That's pretty much the gist of it. Um, I, I got a lot of people talking to me about the sequel. Mm. Uh, me was reminding them that I had never seen it and uh, was never going to see it. And do not feel the need for latter-day sequels to mid-90s, mid-range films. <laughs> Indeed. And even when you come up with a synopsis of what you thought it was on, it was going to be about, you was absolutely spot on. So there's absolutely no need to watch it. I've seen enough. I've seen enough of those films. I don't need to see any more of them. Indeed. Now, Indeed. Would, would they made a sequel to this. Whoa. 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 There's still time. There's still time. Except, no, we don't have Raul Julia anymore. But anyway, we'll talk about that later. Cool. Right. So, brief synopsis. So, this is the big scream adaptation of the Street Fighter game series. Now, really... It's an adaptation of the Street Fighter 2 game because the Street Fighter 1 game came in 1987 in the arcades and it was moderately successful, but it wasn't until Street Fighter 2 hit the arcades in 1991 and then subsequently went on to games consoles like the Sega Mega Drive, Super Nintendo. It was really a smash. So really, even though it's called Street Fighter, it's more like Street Fighter 2, the movie. Can I correct you? You can. It's more an adaptation of Street Fighter 2 Turbo due to the inclusion of Cammy, DJ and T-Hawk. And let me correct you again. It's actually <laughs> Super Street Fighter. Street Fighter 2 Turbo let you play the bosses. So let you, let you play Vega, Sagat, M. Bison, and uh. Vega. But Super Street Fighter was Cammy, T-Hawk, Fei Long, who's not in this movie, and uh, DJ. So yes. Well, let me correct you again. <laughs> Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. But yes, anyway. So, this movie was released in the USA at Christmas time in 23rd of December 1994. However, we didn't get it in the UK until May 1995. So that might be the confusion when we were talking about, hang on, what year? What year? What year? But it was 1994 officially. We didn't get it until 1995. But well, uh, I didn't say my scene setting is all 1994. That's so. fine. I was going to say, for the purpose of this podcast and this episode, we are going to be covering 1994. So we haven't covered 1994 yet. So Smith, take it away. What was going on in 1994? Well, there's lots going on in 1994. It's actually quite a big year for the world in general. And I struggled to sort of narrow this down. And I decided to find some things 
that were thematic to the film. Now, the film, one of the themes that keeps running through it is multiculturalism, all the nations of the world working together. And so I picked some uh, some examples of what was going on in the world that, uh, that, that represent that. In 1994, the Channel Tunnel opened officially between England and France. Um, in April of that year, South Africa held its first multi-racial elections with Nelson Mandela ultimately being uh, elected president. Um, another couple of themes from 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 this film um genetically modified tomato the flavor saver spelt in a very american 90s way f l a v r s a v r became the first genetically modified food genetically engineered mass modified food to be available for sale and human consumption approved by the fda oh. now that's relevant to this film because blanca looks somewhat like a genetically modified tomato albeit <laughs> green uh talking about genetically modified tomatoes michael jackson married lisa marie presley <laughs> <laughs> again blanca looked a bit like michael jackson but green um a, uh, also relevant to this because being a video game adaptation the playstation was released in japan for the first time in december of 1994 and in a couple of other sort of Strange little things that happened this year that are worth mentioning. O.J. Simpson killed Nicole Brown Simpson and Ronald Goldman. Kurt Cobain shot himself and Kim Il-sung died, but retained office after death because North Koreans be crazy. That is, in a nutshell, 1994. Wow. A whirlwind of stuff happening in 1994. And also, the National Tons Lottery was launched in 1994. So, this is only half of the stuff I found. I've picked oh, the okay. most relevant, <laughs> uh, and the ones I thought were, were most interesting. Fair enough. Well, we could go down a rabbit hole with 1994, but yeah, I think you've summed it up quite nicely. About nine... Oh, actually, do you know, in December of 1994, what the number one song in the UK was? You're not going to guess this. <laughs> it's probably too early for Oasis or something like that. Yeah, it was yeah. On Bended Knee by Boys Two Men. Okay. Yeah. I have no idea what that song is, although I might know it if I hear it. No, yeah. I have absolutely no idea what it is. <laughs> probably shit. Probably shit, yep. Maybe if our listeners or viewers want to, you know, listen to it and give us feedback on that. But yes, it's probably... listeners are fans of Boys to Men, keep it to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and again, please direct your hate mail to one Michael Smith. <laughs> right then, that's C scene. So this wonderful movie. How old were you when you first saw this? How did you see this? And yeah, how did you experience this? Was it a cinema? Was it a video? Was it TV? How was it? Tell us all. So I would have been ten years old in in, in May of nineteen ninety five. And I saw this at the cinema. Really? In, I did indeed. In, it, I believe, the aforementioned uh, Warner Brothers Cinema in Lakeside. Oh, you naughty boy. That film was a 12. Did you have an adult smuggle you in? Because that was before the days uh, of 12. I have, looked, I have looked about 50 since I was nine. So <laughs> I went for a pint, had a quick fag outside, and popped in at Sea Street Fighter um, with my pet whip it. I don't know. Uh, it was the 90s. Um Yes, I saw it at the cinema with a friend and their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, probably smuggled in. Usually what would happen is my parent or the parent that took me to see the overage film would make me go and stand somewhere over in the corner. It's going, if I remember correctly, this would have been rough. No, no, I usually stood behind like a like a big cardboard cutout, just kind of peeking my head around from like, you know, Alec Baldwin as the shadow. <laughs> Can I come oh, out? Yeah. No, stay put. <laughs> Uh, yep, saw it at the cinema. Um, subsequently saw it on VHS, mm-hmm. uh, which I believe I got for Christmas that year. Um, again and again and again and again. And lastly, bought it on DVD, which is not where I watched it this time, on the other hand, because I cannot find my DVD copy of this <laughs> film, so I had to buy it off of Amazon Prime. Oh, dear. 
Oh dear. Yeah, I'm going to waste a £3.50. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Well, we'll come back to that. Uh, how about yourself? No, see, I didn't see it in the cinema because I've always looked ridiculously young. So when <laughs> I was 10, I... Would I have been 10 then? I would have been... Yes, I would have been 10 then. I probably looked about seven. So no, fair, that... that was your parents' fault for carrying around in that buggy with the diaper on still. Well, yes, clearly. Yeah, and the bowl haircut. But yeah, there was no way I was ever getting into a 12 movie. My brother could have, because he's, what, four years older than me, so he would have been of age, but... Uh, he would no. have been 12. <laughs> of course he could get into a 12. No, he would have been 14. 12. My brother's four Oh, then he definitely could. Yeah, but uh, no, he didn't go see it at the cinema. I didn't see it at the cinema. My parents didn't. So, as we mentioned in the last episode... Anything that came out on video, blocks of video, was normally about six months later. So I imagine this probably would have been, what, November, Christmas time. And I remember renting it out on video and watching it and then not buying it. But every time it was on Sky, watching it again and again and again and again. And I do remember, maybe about 10 years ago, maybe longer than that, as a joke, you bought me the DVD of it for a birthday present. Yeah, and I've only just got round to watching it. Been prepped for this podcast. <laughs> it was like nice and fresh and clean. The DVD disc when I opened it, I was like, "Thanks, Smith. Like, you saved me three pound fifty on Prime. Like you had to pay for it." I mean, the annoying thing is, I already own the bloody thing. I just couldn't find oh, it. Oh God, Jesus! Do you know what though? It was a massive hunt because all of my good DVDs, you can't see them on this show. You're watching on YouTube. Buried it's buried. It. It's really, really down at the bottom, tucked away, covered in dust. But yeah, that's where it was. But I found it, and yes, I watched it a couple of days ago in prep for this episode. So there we go. But I do remember, actually, just before we go into that, there was huge hype for this film for years because there was always speculation who would be playing who because there was a lot of features in computer game magazines. And I do remember years and years ago, Jean-Claude Van Damme was always earmarked to play Guile, always. But it was always ridiculous suggesting cast, like, Ryu could be played by Tom Cruise. Like, Tom Cruise isn't Japanese. Why would he be Ryu? <laughs> Look, I mean, neither was Sean Connery. <laughs> in <laughs> in Man twice. And that didn't stop him. Twice. <laughs> Yeah, I was and thinking Highlander, of Highlander. Yeah. Yes, indeed. So, yeah. And I, I remember there was huge, huge fan for this. People were getting very, very excited. It was in all the magazines. And yeah, but for whatever reason, I didn't watch it until it came out on video. So I can't have been that excited about it. Even though I was a huge Street Fighter 2 fan. Me and my brother played that game religiously. That and Mortal Kombat. To this day, I still know the combinations of moves. Like, if you just give me a controller, I can. I just know how to do stuff. See, I never was with either of them. I'd have them, or I'd play them at arcades. I'd play them for about three minutes, realise I wasn't good at it, and then I'd get bored and wander off. Or yes, just play as DJ, who was a cheaty bastard character. Yeah, see, I don't think I ever played Super Street Fighter 2. I played Street Fighter 2 Turbo. That was my jam. And my jam for Mortal Kombat was Mortal Kombat 2. But me and my brother played them, honestly, ad nauseum, so I could play those games in my sleep. But there you go. Cool. All right. So, shall we delve into this wonderful, wonderful plot? Uh, yes, let's. Right. After you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> cool. I wrote copious, copious notes. So I do apologise in advance if this turns into a Super Mario episode, which again, was a video game adaptation. But I don't know about you before we get to this. They seem to be getting better with this because you had Mario, it's atrocious. You have this, which we'll talk about. And then you have Mortal Kombat. And then, for me, they seem to gradually See, I get better. I haven't seen Mortal Kombat in a long time, so I'd have to reserve judgment on whether or not that's any good still. Oh, well, maybe someone might nominate it. Never know. Well, anyway, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Pay cool. £3.50 to watch that on <laughs> Yes, I definitely don't know that, so I would have to pay for it. Cool. Right, so we get a nice shot of the planet, and then suddenly the planet turns into a Street Fighter symbol, and we get, dang, dang, Street Fighter, the ultimate battle. I was like, what? what? What's this? What the fuck is this? The ultimate battle. But there's <laughs> spoiler alert, there will be no ultimate battles. There will also be no street fighting at any point. 
No, no, they will not. No one it's fights a... on a street at any point in this film. No, we get the cage fight with Vega and Ryu, but anyway, no, we'll we come don't. To that. We don't get that. We no, get, we get the, the dictates of, of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, then we cut to news footage of GNT News, and we hear via various news reporters and Chun Li, who's a news reporter, that there's been seven months of civil war going on in the fictional nation of Shadaloo in Southeast Asia. And Chun Li happens to be working with Balrog and E Honda for some reason. I, this I don't is know the, first, the first warning in this film where it's like, oh, Balrog, he's a cameraman, and E Honda, he's a sound technician. Like, but, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> Balrog's a boxer in Las Vegas, and E Honda is a sumo wrestler in Japan. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, E Honda is very clearly Japanese. This man is very clearly Hawaiian. Mm. Yeah, I don't know what they were going for with that, but anyway. Uh, so then we hear about the Allied Nations or the AN are closing in on the nation of Shadaloo because not General the UN, M- not the UN, not the UN. They look very much like the UN, but they're not the UN. Yeah, even down to their blue berets and tasteful little cravats. <laughs> Indeed, but definitely not the UN. Uh, but they are closing in on the nation of Shadaloo on General M. Bison because he's occupied the country, you know, being a drug lord and a gun runner and all this sort of stuff. And he's captured, I believe, 63 AN relief workers and he's demanding $20 billion for their release or he will kill them, apparently. Shadaloo, as it, as it goes, uh, my favourite Indian restaurant order. Is it? Chicken Shadaloo, yes. Hmm. I will check that out. <laughs> cool. Uh, then we cut to M. Bison's lair, and he's got some sort of weird flying desk thing going around. I'm not sure quite what that's all about. And there is a pit where the hostages are being thrown in. I don't know whether you noticed this, but as one of them's thrown in, you get that Star Wars special effect. <laughs> it's, it's called the Wilhelm scream. Oh, is so, it? Yeah, yeah, so this goes back to... It's a quick cinema lesson. goes back to a sound effect that was first recorded for Westerns back in the, I believe, 1940s uh, over a character called Wilhelm, and it's now called the Wilhelm Scream. You listen out for that, you can hear it in films ranging all the way back uh, from the 1940s to now. Happens quite a lot. I was a thought on this, right? Two things. First of all, Chan Lee turns up basically with, here's the plot. Um, mm. Real news footage over the top of it, which is deeply offensive. Like There's people just being shot in the street. It's like, that, yeah. that's, uh, come on now. Um, this is Street Fighter. Uh, and then when they get the hostages, they're chucking into that pit. It's like, they're dead. <laughs> that is a hell of a drop. It is. But we'll see later on throughout the film. There's very little emphasis put on the hostages. Like, they're just secondary. Well, which is probably for the best. It's quite offensive. And we have enough characters. Indeed. Do you know how many main characters there are in this film? What, 12? Something like 15. That? 15 main characters. That's, that's too many. <laughs> Way too many. Way too many. And interesting, they went with Guile as the main character, not Ryu, because Ryu's basically the main character in the Street Fighter series, but anyway. Barely in this. Barely in it. Uh, and then some of the AN soldiers who've been captured, like Bison gives them the chance, like, come on in, you can fight there. And he just very easily just defeats them, <laughs> throws them down. Pathetic. Uh, then what happens? Then Guile arrives on a tank, and he's with T-Hawk and Cammy, played by T-Hawk, who spends the entire film looking like a surly fucking teenager. The whole film, he's got a face on him, like, no, I don't want a beer. I want to be in my room. Oh, Unless I miss something, he's winking. Unless I'm missing something, he has a plaster on his head for the whole film. Like, Why has he got that plaster on his head? No like, idea. I, I, I don't know. But yeah, T. Hawk, who does virtually nothing in this movie, and Kylie Minogue playing Cammy, looking very 90s hot. And this is when her music career was on the down, really downward spiral, and it wasn't until 2000 it picked up again. But yeah, so she was in garbage like this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then 
I can tell you later. I'll save it for the end, but I'll tell you why she's in garbage like this. There is a reason. There's a specific reason why she's in this film. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Save it for later. Uh, Chun Li wants to have an interview with Guile, but he's not keen on giving interviews. But then he does actually start talking directly to the screen. It's like, oh, that bastard bastard! I know you like to look at yourself on the screen to so look at this. <laughs> it was so funny when he did that. <laughs> <laughs> he yeah. doesn't know how to use a microphone. <laughs> Yeah, he's just keeps... waving it around all over the place. And then he's picking him up perfectly well. And then he starts doing weird shit to John Lee. He's, like, he's talking to the camera, and then he starts saying to it, like, am I on TV right now? I like, yeah, well, I think you've just established this. You've just started talking to the camera. But oh, I don't know. Anyway, and then we see DJ, who apparently is a computer expert, even though in the game he's supposed to be a breakdancer or something. But anyway, yeah, whatever. Well, I think he was a breakdancer slash DJ, hence the name. Played by Miguel Nunez Jr. Do you know what you've seen him in? No. I have seen him somewhere, but I couldn't Friday the 13th, was. part five. The Demons! Demons! Yep. Ooh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. my God. I knew I'd seen him somewhere. Well, there you yeah, go. He's great. He's quite good in this. Yeah, he's quite funny. He's quite funny. Game, he's got great chemistry in this movie. It's very funny. Uh, anyway, using computers. Again, we've got that 90s crap with computers. He managed to take control of some satellite. <laughs> yeah, beep, 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 beep. And then managed to take control of E Honda's film truck or something. And he oh, then. God knows. Fuck those, and then Bison's able to talk straight to Guile, and that's when they start giving shit to each other, and that's when Bison basically tells him that, yeah, you've got 72 hours to get me my money, or the hostages are going to die, and that's when he's like, Charlie, if you're listening, I am coming, I'm coming, Charlie, and then conveniently, Charlie yeah, well, happens really, standing there. He really fucked him up there, he's like, ah, Carlos Blanca, Charlie, well, a bit of a leap, but okay, um, you've just really sold your mate down the river. What do you think he's going to do? Be like, oh, you're Giles, mate. Oh, well, you can just go in the hostage. No, 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 no. You're lucky you're not dead already. Instead of protesting, oh, no, my name's Carlos. He ain't Charlie. <laughs> Carlos? I mean, where are you getting that from, mate? That's just, you know, that's that's whitewashing. I don't know. Charlie Sheen's real name's Carlos, so I don't know. Anyway, so then Bison orders Carlos, Blanca, Charlie, whatever, to be taken to the laboratory. Straight it was up, but why? What the hell did this guy do? All right. So he takes him off. Uh, then what happens? Then what happens? Uh, then Tammy earlier on had broken into E Honda's truck and then wasn't able to get a signal, but was able to partially get a signal. And then starts getting all angry, like, oh, you're almost useful. Like that. And then <laughs> he says, oh, he doesn't like women, does he? Because, oh, no, he just doesn't like reporters. It was like, it's equality or some shit. It's, or... Like, it's just, just bad dialogue. Stop it. Move really? on. Really, um, really bad dialogue. God, then what happens? Uh, well, I think then we go to the next characters, which is apt that you've mentioned Charlie Sheen because we've got not Emilio Estevez turning up. Which is Ken. Ken. Ken, yes. <laughs> yeah, we meet Ken and Ryu. And this is, for me, I think this is kind of the best part of the movie because of what it could have been. Because they're in that fight club, right? It, it's after curfew time. They're in that fight club. Vega looks fucking great. He's in that cage fighting some dude. Vega's one of the few bits they got right in this. Yes. He's got, got the, got that he's got the claw. Yeah, he's got the, the cool, like, um, Latino-like trousers and boots and all that sort of thing, and his claw and his Torridor Tori stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's got the hair braided back like he had in the game. Yeah, he looks absolutely awesome. And he's in the cage, which is in the game as well, because in the game he used to climb up the cage and then jump down and get you with his claw. Yeah. But yeah, while that's going on, Ken and Ryu are meeting with Sagat, because Sagat is a gun runner for 
Bison and Ken and Ryu are selling guns for what was it, hundred thousand dollars or some shit? I don't know. Something like that. Something like that. And they're saying, yeah, we won't tell you where the guns are till you get our money. Blah blah blah. But then Sagat's like, oh, well, I already know where the guns are. Then all the Sagat's gang are pointing the guns at Ken and Ryu and their toy guns. I'm like, oh. So, you miss it, but they first get there. <laughs> they're going in to speak to Sagat, and these two women are like, uh, oh yeah. No, like, oh, it's like those women really desperate to have sex with these sweaty, unattractive men. <laughs> And then off they go, and then, yeah, so it's at the end of this where they, they pop a thing, and then Sagat says, I like my games live, and in living colour, and I've written down here, what? <laughs> what yeah, the what... hell does that mean? <laughs> Why? What are you talking about, you fucking nutcase? Also, where's Studi, playing Sagat, been in loads of stuff, right? That guy. Loads and so loads funny. of stuff. Absolutely fantastic. He's great in everything he's in, but, you know, Native American... Was Sagat meant to be Native American? Or is it just... Thai. In the game, yeah, so... he was in Thailand. Yeah, yeah, so, no. No, he wasn't. Um, also, it just it's he looks the part. Yeah. But it's not great casting. No. I don't know. Maybe it's just great them. casting. Well, there's, I mean, trivia later, but there's reasons why there's certain people in this film and certain people not in this film. Okay. Um, including why Ken and Ryu are basically nobodies. Yeah. Damien Chapper, who plays Kim, is in Under Siege, and Byron Mann, who plays Ryu. I don't know what else I've seen him apart from the recent Dwayne Johnson skyscraper movie. Apart from that. Anyway, yeah. Who Moving knows? on. Yeah, so then there's a fight with Ken and Ryu and, and Sagat's men, and they do a couple of the moves from the game. They do the spinning kick. Oh, are you good? They do that kick. And then, yeah, then straight away, we know that fight's going on. We cut to Bison's lair. This is where we meet... Dr. Dao Sim. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> of course he is. Why not? He's a scientist. Get off. Yeah, fine. Um, again, you've just taken the character name and gone, all right, he's a doctor. He's a yeah. scientist. It's like, we've got 12 Street Fighter 2 characters to shoehorn into this film. What should we do? Oh, shit. How do we get Dao Sim? And he's, uh, he's a doctor. So what happened was, apparently, Capcom originally agreed with Stephen E. D'Souza, the writer-director, that they would have seven main characters. Every time we then turned in the draft of the script, they asked for two more. So they ended up with 15. They originally wanted 19, but he managed to argue them back down. So they ended up with 15 main characters, and he had to keep rewriting and adding the people in. So you go from seven characters with Bison and Guile and then a couple of others, and then you're adding them and adding them and adding them to the point where you've got Dr. Dale Sim or DJ the Computer Expert. And it's like, Jesus Christ, <laughs> what are you doing? Like... This is nothing like the game. You just oh, no. pick names and characters and yep. put them in like, he's a cameraman, he's a scientist, he's a computer technician. Like, no. No. No, none of this. And I think this is where the Mortal Kombat movie gets it right. <laughs> he's because Belgian. It's... Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. He's an all-American. But no, this is where the Mortal Kombat movie got it right because all the characters are exactly how they are in the game and they've travelled mm. to a mythical land to fight in the Mortal Kombat tournament. It's like, yeah, that's the game. Like, what the fuck is this? Connection there. Jean-Claude Van Damme turned down the role of Johnny Cage to be in this film. And that makes sense to me, because he wouldn't be the leading role. Because, actually, more, yeah, the leading role's Liu Kang in Mortal Kombat, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, very yeah. much so. Very much so. Johnny Cage is a supporting character. And, and you know, as as it should be. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. probably an ego thing. But, and again, we'll talk about Van Damme's ego later on. Oh, we will. <laughs> and how. Uh, yeah, so Dr. Dale Sim. So he's been tasked with transforming Blanker into the ultimate super soldier. I'm like, right, okay, so it looks like they're doing some sort of clockwork orange shit, but reverse, not trying to make him good, trying to make him bad, but like showing him all this horrible shit on the, you know, 
visual goggles. But then I was like, if that's enough, all right, fine, fine, fine. Then they wheel in this green <laughs> and orange. I wrote down what it is. It's anabolic plasma and DNA mutagens. That I've, happens I've to written be that green down and orange. Glad they've labelled it. <laughs> Good <laughs> God. The blanket chamber looks so rickety and shit as well. It oh like wobbles around. It's like, <laughs> so it's like I knocked up in my garage. <laughs> it looks like something you get at a shitty theme park or whatever, you know? Just, oh, rubbish. Yeah, like after you've been on Tidal Wave and you can go and dry yourself off in it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but then, yeah, Bison doesn't understand why he's getting so distressed. Dow seems like, because I'm like you, he's not psychotic and he basically beats the shit out of him and, yeah. Then we cut back to the Fight Club, and it looks like the bit we're all been waiting for. Ryu is going to have to fight Vega. Like, thank God, we're going to get some street fight. We're going to get that cool bit from the game when, you know, they're in the cage and whatever else. Just as they're about to fight, suddenly Guile comes smashing through the wall in his tank. He's like, you're all under arrest. And I was like, oh, for God's sake, we were just about to have some street fighting. <laughs> I did notice at the beginning of that when Ken and Ryu shook hands before Ken gets let out of the cage. They just like linger and they hold on for like a bit too long. I'm like, oh, that's a loving and tender hand. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe some sort of improv that went wrong. I don't know. Oh, then what happens? Then we're back. Uh, well, not we're back. Then we're at. Oh, no, we're, we're, we're at Good Morning Shadowloo. And I'm yeah. Like, Fuck's sake. <laughs> Stop referencing better movies. Yeah. No, yeah. Bad, a hint for all bad films. Never reference better films. It doesn't look good. Yeah. So we're at Shadowloo Prison and Guile's got a meeting with T Hawk and Cammy and all the other troops as well. And we get Captain Sawada. Is that the first time we meet him? Who was supposed to be Ryu time. but didn't get the role. Well, Capcom wanted him to play Ryu, but he was because he's a big he was a big star in Japan. Yeah. But he was incapable of doing humor and incapable of speaking English, which, you know, probably <laughs> a prerequisite for a film that's being released in America. Well, I don't know, because Ryu is supposed to be Japanese, whereas in this one, yeah, he's, he's an American-Japanese like dude. So, But he's played by an American-Chinese actor. Oh, okay. American-Japanese actor, yeah. So, um, But no, I mean, Suada, in the few lines of dialogue he has, it's very kind of, pit, like, very clipped, very, like, yeah, you wouldn't yeah. cast him as the lead. He's no Jackie Chan. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, so then once, yeah, so Cammy explains that they've got a partial location, uh, and then straight away we get an infiltrated waiter goes, ah, jumps on the table, <laughs> runs all shotgun right now, and he does that fucking wicked kick when he just, like, trips him up. This guy takes a hell of a fall. Like, oh, that must have really, really hurt. Um, and that's when they notice he's got the tattoo on his chest, which is Sagat's gang? I forget what the name was. Shadow Tong. Shadow Tong, that's it. Goes, oh, he's... look, Shadow Tong, and then it's match cut to Vega's arm with the tattoo on, which looks like someone's drawn it on with Pyro. <laughs> <laughs> it's so shit. It's like, oh, look, I've drawn like a snake wrapped around a knife. I'm rock hard, mate. Yeah. And then we also see... himself a little bamboo claw. I thought that was kind of cool, though, because he doesn't have his yeah, proper why claw. why has he fucking done that? I don't know. People make shanks for himself in prison. <laughs> yeah, so but in prison, you're like, well, I'm just making myself a lovely claw. Um, <laughs> I can't do it with a regular shank. I need... But I need to scratch like a cat meow. <laughs> yeah, it didn't look as sharp, this one. Uh, yeah, because then we see that Sagat, Vega, Ken and Ryu, and presumably all the other punters who were there gambling, that they're all in the prison now. And well, one, um, one of one of um, Sagat's gang, he's a very little man. You may see him in some of the scenes walking around. He's a kind mm. of tiny little ugly fella. That's Benny Akedas. Now, Benny Akedas is one of the you know foremost martial artists in Hollywood, mm-hmm. and he was in Gross Point Blank. So remember the scene in Gross Point Blank where he's having the fight in the hallway yeah. with the martial artist? That's the guy from Street Fighter. 
And mm. pound for pound, one of the hardest men on the planet. <laughs> Kick your face off your head. Oh, it might be a little weird fuck with him type thing, right? No. <laughs> right. You're going to end up using up all your trivia of all these little nuggets as we're going along, but anyway. I've got loads. <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> you don't. So much more. Anyway, yeah. go on. This going to be another Mario episode. Uh, so then Guile's got a plan like, oh, hang on, why don't we infiltrate Sagat's gang by sending someone there because Sagat works with Bison and if you get to Sagat, you get to Bison. Don't think. And then that's when Ken and Maybe Ryu... trust some new enemies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what? Some new enemies. Wait, but what does why? that mean? And why would he? <laughs> uh, and then what's, what prompts the fight in the courtyard? Do they just don't like the look of each other? So they all just decide to start fighting? Yeah, like the fucking... Sharks and the Jets. I wrote down, why does the prison have lots of just bamboo structures all over the place that keep falling over? I mean, you could easily escape by climbing up one of them. What's the point of it? Yeah, this is a shitty prison. Uh, so, yeah, that draws the attention of Guile. He wants to know who they are. T-Hawk tells him, oh, they're Ken and Ryu. And he's like, oh, OK, bring them to me. And then that's when he has the proposition of, you know, doesn't say it, but it's heavily implied that maybe you can help me. And it was like, oh, OK, fine. Uh, can we go now? It's like I wrote this down. Went, the only way you two are leaving is over my dead body. Like that. And I'm like, I remember seeing that as a kid. Like, that's a really shitty delivered lie. Why? Why are you saying that? Uh, it's it's really shitty delivered. Like all his lines are really shitty delivered. He <laughs> looks like act. he's struggling. He looks like he's struggling to remember every individual word of every individual line. Like he struggles so much in this film. To be like, uh, over my dead body. <laughs> like, yes, well done. But things he'd been in lots of English speaking movies before, including like Universal Soldier, and I swear his acting wasn't that shit in that film. You well, know, coke's well. a hell of a drug stupid. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> really is. Um and that's when Ken and Ryu have a bit of a fake fight and they swipe the keys off of a security guard and then um when they're getting in the van, that's when Sagat's like, Oh look, throw me the keys and you know, let us out. Oh, I wrote down another quote that Ben <laughs> Tam says. So the guy's like, oh, this isn't over, girl. I own this uh, this city. And he was like, well, I'm the repo man, and you are out of business. <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> There's so many lines of dialogue in this film. I'm like, what? Mainly Van Damme's dialogue. Yeah. Anything Raul Julia says is gold. But... <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 He's turned chicken shit in a chicken salad, but Van Damme's done the opposite. Anyway, yeah. So they swipe the keys, and then manage to unlock themselves, and then the truck gets overthrown, and then. Yeah, the van's... Oh, sorry, the truck's on its way out. Uh, and then what happens? And then, yeah, as they're driving along, Ken, like, suddenly shoots Guile. Guile's like, oh, oh falls over. <laughs> I remember as a kid being like, what, what, does that mean he's dead? Like, I fell for this shit. And I'm like, why? Why have they killed him off this <laughs> early? Mark. Proper Mark. Um, and then Chun-Li just happens to be standing there. Oh, and really craply throws a homing device that very... <laughs> Gently goes, yeah, it just gently goes into like the, the, the net of the van. I was like, that could easily just fall out, you know. <laughs> oh, and then Cammy calls for medics, and that's when they realize, oh no, he's dead. Oh no, it's, it's at this point that I realized Cammy's supposed to be British. <laughs> no, she does have a British flag on her. Yeah, not, with that, not with that fucking accent. She's not. <laughs> Good eye. Medics, mate. Let's Bring get some medics in, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and then we cut to Bison, and he's got on his whole model thing of Bisonopolis, I think it's called. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, discussing yeah. having a food call over there. It's like, oh, this is brilliant. And then there's when we get the news report from Chun Li saying that Guile is dead. And um, what was it? DJ says to him, Oh, that's great news, General. Congratulations. He's like, on the contrary, DJ, I'm on. He's like, Oh, okay. <laughs> I, <don't laughs> I found that bit so funny. Yeah. 
<laughs> that popped me quite hard. <laughs> is it a bit where he first has all the bison? Is it a bit where he first has all the bison dollars? No, no, that's later on with Sagan. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. This, yeah, this, yeah, okay. But that was funny. But um, yeah, he goes on about, oh, he's sad. He wanted to have a duel with him and then slap his spine. And then I didn't write it down, but he has this absolutely great speech about how he's not a warlord. He just wants to create the perfect soldier <laughs> and bring peace and all that sort of thing. And once he's done that, he's, angry, he's got tears coming out of his eyes. Going, that was beautiful. <laughs> the DJ just gives him this look and it's so funny. There's, there's moments in this film of genuine bands so like, this is really funny and the rest of it is just stupid shit. The, and, uh, so Andrew Brianarski plays Zangief. Um, mm. You may best know him as Leatherface in mm-hmm. the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and Texas Chainsaw Massacre The Beginning. So still going strong in his career. Indeed. But, uh, Actually, very few people in this cast are dead, which is a surprise for a film in the 90s. Now you've said that, we're going to get terrible, terrible news. <laughs> 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 it better not be JCVD. From what I understand, he's a better man now. Right. So what happens next? Yeah, then so Chun Li is following the signal, but somehow they see that there's interference in the truck. And they like, let me try it work out. <laughs> Just let me analyze the signal. Is that something you can do in a TV truck? I don't quite understand what's happening here, but all right. <laughs> all right, that's fine. Then they realize it's it's tracking to the AN headquarters. <laughs> and then she gets all dressed up like a cat burglar and it breaks into the AN headquarters. I'm like, okay, that's a thing. You know, get break into an AN headquarters like that. And then she's Luckily, tracking... it's just a warehouse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. no security. Oh, it's because it's in Chandler and it's shit. It's run down. So, yeah, you can just break into it. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so she's in the Iron Headquarters and then she tracks it down to the morgue. Where <laughs> this, been... Even as a kid, I didn't understand. Doyle is under a sheet where an exactly the... Where... Like, Is he just waiting for someone to discover him or specifically Chun Li to discover him? And then he goes. <laughs> But she walks through that, that lab and it's like got an old skeleton in it. It's got like bits of bodies all cut up. It's like, what, where are you? You're in the London dungeon or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I wrote down something I'm stupid. He says, he goes, if I didn't give you an interview when I'm alive, there's no way I'm going to give you one when I'm dead. I'm like, Again, what? what does this mean? What? If she didn't come in there, how long was he going to lie under that sheet for? <laughs> all day, just having a nap. And then um, this this is where this I got I got the next bit where um, T Hawk and Cammy come in. T Hawk like mm, for fuck's sake, Dad, I want to help. I want to wash the car. And then he's like, "It's not about your vendetta. It's about mine." Like, Who are you talking to? Everybody's yeah. left the room. That's right, because before that, we get a bit of exposition because Chun Lee says, No, I don't want a news story. I want his head because he'd kill my father. And then we learn more about that, yeah, uh, later. But yeah, you're right. T Hawk and Cammy arrest her, and then she jumps out the window. And in fact, Pam looks out the window and goes, What a woman. <laughs> pervy old Kyle. Not the first time he does it, not no. the last. I could write a book on the stupid shit and pervy shit that Van Damme says in this movie. It's, it's <laughs> just gold. So, this bit is so weird. Then we get to some sort of circus party that's going on, like, in the desert, I guess. And, yeah, it's fucking... I've weird. written down, pretty sure this is racist. <laughs> <laughs> on every level. This on is every racist. level, something's going on. <laughs> it's so bizarre. Um, yeah, it, it's some weird circus party, and M. Bison's doing business with Sagat. 
for the guns and all that. And then when he goes to pay him, he opens up the case and he's not paid him in dollars or local currency, whatever. He's paid him in bison dollars. And he's like, this will be worth five English pounds after I've kidnapped their queen and like made her <laughs> accept the currency rate or something. And then, yeah, predictably that gets like, very, very, very upset. I wrote down here. Where can I get some of those bison dollars? That's pretty cool. <laughs> eBay, I'd imagine, or Amazon, or Etsy. I'm sure someone's made it up, but they are pretty cool. And then, this bit baffled me as well. Chun Li, E Honda, and Balrog have somehow managed to get employed for the night to be the evening entertainment at this party. And not only that, they've been taught the skills of the circus to do disappearing yeah, oh yeah, acts, dropping acts, everything. They've learned a full routine. <laughs> Why? Why didn't they? Just... Let's put a bomb there. It would have been easier. Oh, my God, yeah. She's jumped out the window, regrouped with them, got employed at this party, put a load of explosives there. That's a lot of shit. Found a telly from somewhere. Yeah. Um, this oh. is one of those... You've got Ryan and Ken are talking at one point, and um, this is one of those many examples of this film of people talking without their mouth moving. Oh, I know. Like, Ryan's talking to nothing. <laughs> And it's really badly edited. Like, Ken spots Chun Lee and thinks, oh, yeah, I want to fuck her in it. So he walks off, right? And then as Ryu's talking, it cuts to Ken walking away. And you could just hear Ryu talking. It just yeah. really shoddily edited. There's like, a bit where he was like, oh, you've given us sensei talk to us. Like, that man has never seen the inside of a dojo. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> never. Hardly any of these guys fought, apparently. They're all being taught, like, on the day or whatever. But sorry, yeah, I don't want to keep going into your Smith trivia. Uh, yeah, so Ken goes to Chun Lee's, I don't know, changing room or whatever and then immediately caught by Honda and Balrog and then Ryu shortly joins them and then yeah also he gets caught as well and this is where we get exposition that Honda used to be a sumo wrestler in Hawaii and Mm. Balrog used to be a boxer and they're like yeah until Sagat's like gang ruined our reputations but they don't exactly explain how wait what also also, with with the Honda thing I'm glad they said that he was Hawaiian but why the hell did they make that change like what was the point like, you could have just cast a Japanese actor. Maybe there wasn't anyone who could legitimately look like a sumo wrestler, whereas, I don't know, they just thought they'll get a big Samoan guy. He might have even been a wrestler. I don't know. I Who mean, knows? Yokozuna was still alive. Yeah. And could have English. cast Yoko. Yeah. yeah you, you, well, actually, no, to be fair, he also was a Samoan. <laughs> he was not. Yeah. He also was not Japanese. Okay, ignore that. That's a bad idea. And he was grossly overweight by 1994, so that probably wouldn't have worked. But um, also, I forgot to mention, is it just me? Does Balrog look like a cut price Danny Glover? Do you know who that is? No. He's playing Balrog. That's the the, the fantastically named Grand L. Bush. Um, Grand L. Bush? Yeah, Grand oh, Bush. Oh, my God. Who was one of Johnson & Johnson in Die Hard. Well, there you go. I knew it. I was in grade school, dickhead. <laughs> <laughs> I just kept writing down as not Danny Glover, but there you go. Yeah, no, 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 no. He was he was in Die Hard. There you go. Well, there you go. All right. So, yeah, apparently their reputations were ruined. Don't know how. And yeah, they (laughs) they all know about Ken. I mean, I can guess. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and also side note, he's in the game originally. He was supposed to be M Bison because it was supposed to be a little nod to M Tyson, Mike Tyson, but they got really nervous about copyright issues and stuff so they started switching it around so M. Bison became Raul Julia's character Balrog became you know because Balrog I think was going to be Vega and Vega was going to be sick like all the bosses names were switched around but yeah when we finally got the American and European versions of the game that's who we got but yes originally the boxer was Balrog was supposed to be called M. Bison there you go there you go
Cool. Uh, and then during this bit when Sagat and then Bison are getting really angry with each other over the fake money and the outrage of challenging him, that sort of thing, this is when we get Chun-Li has somehow installed a TV and <laughs> video equipment and said, oh, we're going to blow all of your weapons up and everything. And... But you know what you're going to do if you're going to blow someone up? You give them a five-minute warning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is going to blow up in five minutes. Why not just do it? You know, kill just everyone. Just kill if you want to kill them, just kill them. Don't be talk talking about it. Uh, you know what? Uh, there's a there's a truck full of explosive and you'll you'll never you'll never guess. <laughs> just just sit there. Uh, it's going to blow you up and just just wait for a minute. It's good. <laughs> don't run. Uh... Which they don't at first. They're all just staring in disbelief at the TV as this truck is going towards the tent. Somebody as well when she's talking. Another example of not moving her mouth. <laughs> yes, terrible, terrible editing. And then we get another hilarious bit when Zach goes, "Quick, change the channel," and they all just look at him again. <laughs> So there's there's a bit prior to that, just when, when the two gangs, when Sagat's gang and Bison's gang are facing off with one another, and um, they get their guns out, and Vega puts his claw on. I'm like, mate, they got guns, <laughs> fucking idiot. What are you going to do with your little cat claw? And also, he's managed to reclaim that claw, because surely when they got arrested earlier on, all that shit would have been seized. But... He's got a whole cupboard full of them at home, with like oh. different motifs. Whole cupboard. Of... Oh yeah, that's another thing. And then it's my Hello we're... Kitty one. <laughs> pretty no, yeah actually that was one bit we missed out as well when uh sagat and bison's gang they each grab hold of ken and ryu and then they rat out chun lee and balrog and e honda yeah yeah, yeah. they're the, they're the ones so they you know keep up the fight. they rat them out after the they've already started talking it's hardly like they went you need to find this reporter it's just like oh that noise over there why don't you not kill me and... yeah a bit daft Oh, then, well, then we get really 90s surveillance and computers of Bison's Lair, because by now, um, Guile and his team have managed to track down Bison's Lair. Couldn't quite work out how they've done that. Yeah, oh, no, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> it's because they put a homing device with Ken and Ryu, and by this time, they've now made it to Bison's Lair. So that's how they've worked it out. Got it. But, Got it. Yeah, but they were zooming in on all the characters' names, that sort of shit. So yeah, Ken, Ryu, and Sagat come to Bison's Lair as guests, but Chun Li, E Honda, and Balrog are not their prisoners. Uh, presumably, they got caught because surely after they tried to blow up the party, they just ran off. But they imagine he, for some reason they've been caught by Bison's. Well, gang. you get that bit of, of over the explosion of Raul Julia saying, "Find them, find <laughs> Chun Li." Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's probably why. Uh, yeah, this bit's so perfect. E Honda and Balrog get taken to the interrogation room, but Chun Li is ordered to Bison's chambers for a private interview. Like, this is going to be pervy shit. Ain't <laughs> hey, no private interview. And then, <laughs> and then she spits at Ken. You know, like in movies where people. There's just go, loads of it. Yeah, because normally when people do it, they just go, and then people sell it like they've been spit. But she goes, oh. <laughs> it goes all over him. It's like, oh, dirty cow. I wonder if the bloke who played Ken was like, dude, seriously? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, then we get our first bit of footage of the hostages who look absolutely fine. <laughs> dude. <laughs> tired. Well, they've only been there like a day. <laughs> no, by this point, it's 72 hours and it's jumped down to 12 hours or something like, wow, two days went like really quick. But no one's pissed themselves. They all look quite well nourished. None of them look thirsty. They just look all right. <laughs> They've been, I mean, M. Bison's been jumping around all over the shop in two days. They've been all, yeah, they've been, you know, quite active. That's it. Oh, um, then what? Then we get, oh yeah, Guile is then in a room full of troops explaining what they're going to do. And they're going to say, oh, we're going to 
you know, make our way up by boat to the layout. <laughs> did you hear this? He goes, an attack from the air is impossible. And then you hear someone go, oh. <laughs> oh, I didn't hear <laughs> Yeah. <That's brilliant. laughs> and then he explains about <laughs> how this one boat is going to make its way up the river. And I think it's Captain Sawada said, but so that pilot would have to be out of his mind. He said, luckily, Basin has driven me crazy, so I will do it. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Well, of course he was going to do When you see the boat loader, he's got a fucking name written on the side. Yeah, it says Colonel F. Will, my, this, is, this is my boat. And then T-Hawk's like, oh, God, Dad, I want my own boat. Cheer up, T-Hawk. T-Hawk sucks at this film. He really does. Yeah, he just sells about him. Even Kylie Minogue with her shitty acting does more than T-Hawk in this film. But yeah. Then we cut to the interrogation room and E-Honda's being whipped, but he's absolutely no-selling it. Because apparently he's a sumo wrestler and they can transport their minds so they don't feel pain. It's like, oh, Please. <laughs> this shit. is the bit where the where the where the um, where the where the torture says, "Let me show how show you how we treat foreigners in Shadaloo." Is that where are you from? Yeah. And also racist. Because you, this is clearly an Asian country, and you do not look Asian. And I didn't know whether he was supposed to be one of the characters of the game. Like, no, nah, no, he's not. He's just some dude. No, he's just a torturer. Yeah, and then the torturer leaves the room and just says to Balrog, you're next. Like, why the hell are you leaving? Where are you going? But then once he does, Balrog and Ehonda very easily just pull the chains out this, of the So wall. this had this had this this had one of the, my favourite lines of the film in it. Because hey, give me a hand. He goes, We've only been in two hours, prison two hours, brother. Ask me again in two months. Yeah. And he says, <laughs> Oh, next time you go away with your mind, bring back a pizza. I was like, What? <laughs> Fucking awful dialogue. I enjoyed the other joke. I enjoyed the joke, the wanking joke. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, oh yeah, we missed something earlier on. Like when they arrive at the uh, Bison's lair, Bison says to Zangief, "Get them fresh clothes." I was like, "Oh, I see where this is going." <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what that will be. Because just like in Mario, next we see Ken and Ryu, and they're wearing their geese like they wear in in the game. One's wearing red, one's wearing white. But there are other soldiers training there as well. I was like, oh, okay. So he just randomly give them karate geese like he wants them to dress like all the other soldiers. <laughs> Fine, fine, fine. Um, yeah, he's giving him a bit of a tour and he wants to train with them. And that's what he does. The If you're watching on video, he gives him the half thumbs up thing that he does throughout the, the rest of the film, which is quite funny. <laughs> this bit is so stupid. And I forgot Simon Callow was in this film. Then, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So Simon, he turns up to be a stuffy Brit. <laughs> stuffy old Brit. Yeah, I actually wrote down stuffy AN official. So yeah, he arrives and he tells Goal, this isn't going to happen. We're going to pay... Uh, buy us the twenty billion dollars, please. Order all your soldiers. <laughs> never fucking happen. Twenty <laughs> never million dollars. Never in a million years. They'd just be, they'd be like, actually, what we're going to do is just nuke it. Now you found out where it is. We're just going to drop a nuke on it. There you go. Exactly. Job's good. And we'll, we'll kill the hostages, but it's just safer this way. And then we get my favourite speech that Kyle does. I've actually written this down. So, oh, so I know so, you're desperate to do it in your voice. <laughs> I know I'm desperate to do it. So Kyle goes over and instead of telling them, yeah, look, we're not doing this after all. He says. Uh, <clears throat> Troopers, I have just received new orders. Our superiors say the war is cancelled, and we can all go home. Basan is getting paid <laughs> off for his crimes, and our friends will have died here, will have died for nothing. But we can all go home. Meanwhile, ideas like peace, freedom, and justice, they get packed up. But we can all go home. Well, I'm not going home. I'm going to get on my boat, and I'm going to go upriver, and I'm going to kick that son of a bitch Basan's ass so hard... That next time Bison Wannabe is going to feel it. Now who wants to go home? And who wants to go with me? <laughs> Fucking great speech. But uh, Mr. Guile, it's 5.30. Technically, I can't go home. 
Yeah, they all seem really happy that uh, they can go to war and potentially be killed. It's like, it we're me. all gonna get court-martialed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. But yeah, and then Simon Callow doesn't look happy about this whatsoever. Then we cut... Who stopped them? <laughs> and then, is it next bit? No, I think it's the same before he jumps off in his boat. Then we he get jumps to off in his boat with his name on the side of it. Yeah. <laughs> Colonel William F. Goyle. Yeah, um... right. <laughs> Hello, get... my name's William. <laughs> <laughs> he says that later on as well. Where, where, where were you born? Oklahoma. <laughs> hey, I thought I had a bit here when I said that he drives off and he soaks uh, Simon. Cal- yes, yeah, that is a bit. So straight after that, that bit rousing, bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, after that rousing speech, he gets in his boat and Simon Cowell's like, "No, you can't do that." And he drives off in his boat and he soaks him and drives off in the William F. Gold he goes, boat. Uh, he's very good. Kyle, so stop them. <laughs> but some idiot just scanned me. <laughs> oh, I know what you do because, because, then in which case you're stealing government property, and uh, you could be shot. <laughs> yeah, and you're actually ordering a coup. Like you've been told not to do yeah, this. <laughs> this is a court martial defence. Uh, oh, oh, you're all going to prison. <laughs> no, there was a funny bit. I'm sure it was intentional. But as Simon Cowell goes, I've got orders, and the orders fall out. He looks at him. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> it's random. Like... There's the woman that's with him. There's two people with him who don't get a single live dog, but the woman's running around with her shoes. Going, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Every scene, she's carrying her shoes. <laughs> Muddy old shit, I'd rather ruin my heels than get my feet all muddy. Anyway. Yeah, Simon Callow's in two scenes, because we see him a bit later on, but anyway. We're now, in... we're now heading towards the best scene of the film. Smith's favourite scene, and I think I'll give you the honours for this bit in a minute. So, we're in Bison's chambers. Bison's slowly getting changed into something more comfortable, which is really pervy. Chun-Li's dressed like a geisha, I suppose. I think it's supposed to be her outfit for when, you know, you do the mirror matches. Like, if it was Chun-Li versus yeah, Chun-Li, yeah, yeah. she'd be in blue, she'd be in red. Um, and then she gives a whole exposition about... I don't know why they about... didn't put her in blue. Yeah, with the white pigtails and stuff, but no, they didn't. She gives all the exposition about her father in a village when Bison's gang came there and stormed it and murdered him. And then I will let you deliver the line, your favourite line. That's where she where she says a hero in a thousand paces. I don't remember any of it. For you, the day that Bison graced your village was the most important day in your life. For me, it was Tuesday. <laughs> And it's everyone's favourite line. so fucking good. Like, that yeah. whole scene is just really well done. Because Ming-Na Wen, who is still going today, mm-hmm. she's in... Um, she was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. She's mm-hmm. in a lot of the Star Wars stuff now. She yep. has not aged a day nope. since then, despite being close to 60. Uh, she's fantastic in this scene. And he's just having a fucking great old time. <laughs> yeah, we haven't spoke much about Roger. He is chewing scenery in every single oh, scene. He's swinging for the fences, and it's and weird because it every time I've compared him to Frank Langella in Masters of the Universe, like you've taken a really shitty script, you've embraced this, and you're just having a great old time with it. You know, and, and for the same reasons they did it for their kids. Yeah, but like his kids love Street for Love Stewart, so he did this for his kids, um, yeah. and he's just absolutely great in it. Like yeah. he's he's absolutely because you know I think of him as. Gomez Adams, yeah. and specifically in Adams Family Values, which is a film we will never cover on this because not only does it hold up, it's one of the funniest fucking films of the last 50 years. It's very good. He is so good in that and has such a presence that when he was in the, when you know, when you think he's in this, you're like, oh, God, it's a terrible fucking film. What's he doing in this? And he's so good. Yeah. So good. Also, I noticed in this scene, just the first time I've ever noticed this, first time I've ever clocked it, there's the picture of the clown mm. with the bison hat on, but it's John yep. Wayne Gacy clown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd never noticed that when I was a kid, obviously. But <laughs> yeah, oh, it made me laugh when I saw it. Yeah, there's loads of weird little Easter eggs if you look carefully. But yeah, that's a that's a strange one. 
Oh dear. Right. So after Smith's favourite scene, we then get Balrog and E-Honda. They've escaped. So Ken and Ryu have punched out that torturer guy. But when they go into the chambers to help E-Honda and Balrog, they start choking them. This is when they assure them, no, 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 we're on the, the same side. So, okay, fine. Instantly forgive you. Uh, and then Chun-Li gives more exposition about the revenge. Um, as Bison again is attempting to make the room look more sexy, he starts putting on music and all this sort of thing, which I thought was funny. Um, and then, yeah, she beats the absolute shit out of him. It's actually quite a good fight that they have. He doesn't do much, like she's doing flying kicks and this other sort of stuff. He's like, I know women and you are harmless. <laughs> oh, yeah, you hid behind your boxer and your sumo wrestler. You've never Why thrown a punch you in your life. You've never even thrown a punch. <laughs> What I wanted you to think. It's just breaks away a shackle. It just beats the shit out of him. Yeah. <laughs> All I said about this is so when I was watching this, <laughs> Bison came on in the scene and he's wearing that smoking jacket. I was like, oh god, I want that jacket. My other half was so like, cool. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> I knew the second I saw it that you want that jacket and all those hats. Oh, oh my god, like, and those slippers as well. That pretty cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so as she's beating the shit out of him, Ken, Ryu, Balrog, and Honda will enter, and then Bison, for some reason, has got a skate pod in his own chambers, locks his way with him, puts sleeping gas, and Honda's like, it's gas! <laughs> like, yeah, no shit! <laughs> Honda takes the best <laughs> fall. Like, he falls over and just knocks a bunch of shit over when he falls. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> and then, it's probably the only bit of shit he acted, Raul Jordan goes, <laughs> does this really evil <laughs> laugh? And he sort of cuts between the flames of, like, yeah, yeah, some yeah, yeah. statue or something. That was pretty cool. <laughs> uh, then we get Gull traveling along in his boat, and then he leaves that footage of him at dinner with a couple of birds. And Charlie, he's putting it on, like, just you know who one of those? It. You know who one of those those women was. Who? One of the women in that footage was his current wife. Now, oh, he had been divorced oh. from his third wife earlier in the year. Had married his fourth wife, who was a woman in the tape, and was just she was pregnant with his child at the time. And he was knocking off Kylie Minogue through much of the shoot. So, uh, yeah, awkward. <laughs> <laughs> oh, then we're back at Bison's laboratory and. Charlie's looking more like blank now, except he's not. It looks more like a blank Halloween <laughs> costume. <laughs> it looks, it looks like Michael Jackson painted green. It looks so rubbish, doesn't it? It's so, so bad. Shit. So why did you... Just don't bother including the character of Blanka. Just don't do it. Right? Um, but then, like, Dow seems fucking around with the, the process, so, you know, he doesn't completely go mad. He's, like, showing him nice footage or whatever. Uh, then what happens? Yeah, then Ken, Ryu, Honda, Balrog, and Co. have all been recaptured and they're led into the main immediately. Room. Immediately, yeah, rubbish. And then Bison said, "If you had worked together rather than against each other, you might have been successful." And then it looks like Chutney's <laughs> about to say something, like, and then it just cuts to another scene. Like this editing so bad, so so bad. Oh, then back to Van Dam on nightboat, and it suddenly goes into super. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's always a fjord. Um. <laughs> You don't have to shout. I'm all around you. And then he goes in a super stealth mode. He just pulls up a lever that says stealth. This is so stupid. Not how uh, stealth works. And instead of being covert trying invisible. to get in, they, they go invisible and then start shooting at the satellite dish. You're like, why are you doing that if you're trying to be stealth? And then DJ immediately alerts. Like, what's all this about? And then Bison starts attacking the boat. Um, and then manages to speak to it via video link. There's a lot of being able to patch into things very quickly to talk to people on whatever, you know, screen they're on. <laughs> this is another one of Kyle's great lines. This is the collection agency, Bison. Your ass is six months overdue, and it's mine. <laughs> Fuck's sake. And Sagan's like, Guile, alive. And it's like, you fucking idiot. <laughs> no, no, Sagan says, and then Bison 
mocked him. I guess you didn't see that, did you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gunners, yes, I am. That's, that was I watched it my wife and she delivery. couldn't stop laughing at that bitch. That made so funny. <laughs> you didn't see that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. And then that's when Bison brings over his flying control panel desk thing and it's got all like a joystick on it like the Street Fighter 2 arcade would have. I, like, oh, Jesus I, love, I love it when he's coming over and goes, stand clear. Stand clear. <laughs> Health and safety. <laughs> he just starts button bashing it just like how you would play the arcade. Um, and then just before he does it, that's when Kyle, Kyle sorry, Cabby and Teal go, well, let's get out of here type thing and jump off and then M. Bison manages to blow it up and goes, game over! <laughs> Oh, another shameless nod to the game. And then what happens? Oh, yeah, this is where Dalsim gets caught then, interfering with uh, Blanker's transformation by that yeah. guard who's reading a titty mag. I, I yeah, know, he's, he's, like, reading... <laughs> he's a nasty-looking old knacker, that boy. <laughs> with his long hair, greasy ponytail, big old fat lad. <laughs> like, that, like that bloke from Hollow Man. <laughs> Maybe his son or something. And then, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then as he's beating the... Hargronberg. <laughs> And then, as he's beating the shit out of Dale Sim, they inadvertently release Blank. I don't think that's how it works. You know, just lean on a lever and he just comes out. Uh. And then, yeah, Blank looks absolutely well, Dale Sim gets thrown into the chemicals and they all go all over his arms. And I was like, oh, oh is he going to get stretchy? No, he ain't because they ain't got the budget for that shit. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Yeah, because in the game, he was a, a like a... Hindu Mystic. temple monk guy, yeah, who could yeah. levitate. He got stretchy arms. They could blow fire. And this, this is just he's a doctor. He's very unhappy about what he's doing. I'm conflicted. <laughs> um, yeah, then he helps douse him. I think he just throws that pervy guy away. It's about all he fucking does in the film, right? Yeah. Jack shit. <laughs> <laughs> then Kyle, Cabby, and T York arrive on land, not looking like they've been in the water whatsoever. No, even so dry. Just... Beat this is the one it. sequence, I think, this, where Guile looks blonde. All for the rest of yes. the film, he looks like kind of brown hair. Suddenly, weirdly, he looks really blonde for a bit. I thought he looked and more ginger in it. But yeah, yeah, you're right, actually. That one yeah. bit does look blonde. I don't know, maybe it's the lighting so rubbish, it just makes yeah, it yeah, yeah, gingery yeah, brown. Maybe. Yeah, because in the game, he had like blonde kind of flat top mold yeah, yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then what? Yeah, then this they is where they're, the... fight, they're fighting the guards and Cammy. <laughs> Goes kick. <laughs> she kicks someone. Like, you just reminding yourself of the moves. Kick, <laughs> kick, mate. But then she does. Like, oh, mate, kangaroo kick. <laughs> oh dear. No, she does do some cool things. She sort of does like a victory roll thing on the dude to take him yeah, out, which is yeah, cool. Yeah. But uh, it's a bit like Masters of the Universe. Though. There's lots of quick editing when people are fighting, so you can't really see it too well. And I oh, think there's it was reasons be- behind that. Yeah, I, then, I, will, I will go into that. <laughs> I'm trying my best not to delve into Smith trivia too early. Oh, God. And then we cut to Simon Callow on the phone explaining that, oh, yes, no, no, it's fine. They, they, they haven't gone away. It's fine. But then it doesn't make sense later on when they haven't paid M. Bison because surely if he's told the people, oh, everything's gone to plan, they just would have paid yeah. the $20 billion. But anyway, whatever. So that's it. Simon Callow in two scenes and he's like full from the credits or whatever. Oh, this is a bit of a T-Hawk where they're like, T-Hawk, what's with the headband? He's like, oh, it's Cherokee. I wear it in battle for luck. Look. <laughs> Right, okay. Yeah, at this point of the film, everyone is slowly, slowly, slowly starting to look like the Get characters from the game. Yeah, Except exactly. Cammy never wears her game-accurate costume. Now, there are there are, there are publicity stills with her wearing that. So just, you know. Yep, I've seen those. <laughs> <laughs> but she is. She um, has now. Um, <laughs> I hope my wife's not listening. No, but at this point, she has got uh, pigtails. Because before yes. she had it all like, bunched up, at this point, she's got the pigtails like she does in the game. Uh, Guile starts abseiling into the ground. Then we get another shot of the hostages looking absolutely fine. 
You say everyone's starting to look how they did in the game. Uh, the, the disappointing thing is there's no street fighting in the game. There's also no bit where a large sumo beats up a car for three minutes, <laughs> yeah, which I was the disappointed. River. There's no truth in this. Uh, there's no, like, this is a bad adaptation. <laughs> I love that bit in the game. The bonus bit, you, you smashed up. The car. Oh, there was another bit when barrels were flying down. You had to keep on kicking the barrels. <laughs> that bit was cool. Uh Yep, and then we get on the news report that apparently Chun-Li is missing and then the 72-hour clock hits zero and then DJ says, no, your $20 billion hasn't been paid, which again, makes no sense because Simon Callow has told the bloke on the phone, oh, everything went to plan, so surely the money yeah, just would have yeah. been paid. It makes no sense to me. Uh, then what Then Guile continues his descent and then Cammy and T York are doing something or other on land. I don't know, just hanging out, fighting a, whole, <laughs> fighting a whole army by themselves over the next few seasons. There's a bit where the Guile goes, I'll be ready. If I'm alive, like, who are you talking to? You are by yourself. <laughs> He's like, I can't believe I trained for four years for this shit. Or something like that. And they added that in so they get PG-13. So they get PG-13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Guy arrives, Bruce Willis style in the laboratory. He's immediately attacked by Blanca. Like, oh, but Charlie, it is me. It is your friend. It is how William. Did recognize him? Yeah. How did oh. he recognise him? Looks... <laughs> yeah, how did he know he got taken to the laboratory? He could have been in the pit with all the other hostages. Yeah, it could just be some rando. <laughs> Blanco, friend, friend, just keeps on saying, "Help me, help me!" And he's like, oh, I'll help you. Gets his gun out. It's actually got weirdly dark. <laughs> I'm going to oh, kill him. Like, oh, okay, first yes. he kills him. But instead of Dowson coming over and go, what the fuck are you doing? He just goes, no, you have no right. <laughs> yeah, you have no right. And then he goes to this big old speechifying, which is, you know, mighty fine for a man that's helped turn him into a monster. And he goes, he has the capacity for good and for evil. You'd kill him because he has difficulty understanding the difference. Yes. Yes. He <laughs> He's ugly. Because, because, because if he doesn't understand the difference, he might be like, good. No, you've just ripped someone's head off. Good. <laughs> Friend! Friend! Oh, Jesus. No. So you shit. have no right. You have no right. See what? He changes his fucking tune in a minute. Oh my no. God, yeah. We deserve to die. Anyway, we can't, can't yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get that. Yeah, then Bison then gives a speech to the hostages that, you know, oh, instead of giving you a mercy killing my firing squad, you're going to be ripped apart by Blanca. I'm like, okay, that's really fucking dark. Like, imagine if that whole thing was a success and this monster just coming on, just, just murdering everyone. And instead, the chamber comes out, opens, and God goes, yeah! <laughs> goes flying way too far and gives Bison a flying kick. Fine. <laughs> He then oh disables the controls by kicking them. <laughs> Why are you doing that? <laughs> so yes, we know you're a martial artist. And you can fight. You don't have to kick everything. Oh, I'll God. open the door for you. Yeah. <laughs> so you've ruined the door. You've ruined the door, guy. Again, bastard. And then because he kicked that panel, so of that that freed Chun Li and Barrock and all those guys. Now they're free, and everyone just starts fighting everyone like in a pub well, fight. No, they just pulled the they just pulled the the, the thing they were oh, tied right. to off. They just pulled it off, and it's like, oh, all right. The security's <laughs> rubbish in this so, yeah. isn't it? Oh god! Then there's like a it goes on forever. There's a massive shootout between the guards and Guile, and Guile just seems to have an infinite amount of like, machine gun ammo. And I was like, where did he have that gun? I swear he didn't have that earlier. He's just shooting everyone. Uh, then we cut to like, yeah, 
Cammy and T-Hawk are outside fighting all the stormtroopers. I, I, I think, who are these guys? They've never really explained who these guys are. Just loyal servants. Oh, they're probably those old. Yeah. Those they fight off that entire army by themselves. It's just two people with handguns. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, by this point, the AN soldiers haven't turned up yet. So it's just Cammy and T-Hawk outside fighting everyone. Oh, shit. Oh, dear. (laughs) (laughs) And then this bit really popped me. E Honda and Sankey start having a fight. And it goes on for the rest of the film. It goes on for like half an hour. Every time it cuts to another scene, they're like, smashing through more walls. (laughs) Oh, dear, oh, dear. And then Sagat and Vega were like, oh, yeah, they see Ken and Ryan, like, oh, revenge. And they go after them, like, revenge for what? What? What What? What do they do apart from sending you some shitty guns? It might, might be time for you boys to leave. <laughs> and then he puts the claw on again. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I brought my claw. <laughs> the handy claw. And at this point, yeah, that's when the end troops arrive. There's an absolute just battle going on outside. Everyone's just be shooting everyone. Uh, and then I think Ken getting... goes to leave because they, they realise they hadn't given him a character. So he's like, oh, I'm going. And then Roy's like, don't. He's like, I'm going. And then five minutes later he goes, oh, right, I'm back. <laughs> But before that, before that happens, Bison starts talking about accepting defeat. He goes, together, TJ, we will accept defeat together. And then you just see DJ very slowly just walking <laughs> away from him. That bit popped me as well. In fact, yeah. Any scene with DJ and Zangief is absolute gold in this film. And then, yeah, that's where we get the bit when Ken's like, nah, fuck this, I want to leave. And him and Ryo have a bit of an argument and then walk off. Uh, <laughs> we see Yonder and Zangief burst for a wall. Because at one point they were fighting, and they're fighting so much they go through like the the ground of, Floor, the, yeah. of the laboratory, like some shit. I don't know. Uh, that's when the Guile like swings up to a bridge, and he's confronted. Oh, this bit I loved. Um, Guile swings up to a bridge, and all the stormtroopers coming towards him, and he pulls out a knife, and then they will start back off. Because <laughs> looks really cool, and that's when he realizes all the AN soldiers are behind him. So, like, sir, we're pushing back the enemy, and he just really calmly puts his knife away. <laughs> Oh, I always found that bit funny. Even when I was a kid, all oh, that's great. And at that point, that's when M. Bison starts talking to him on the town. He's like, come out, wizard! Like that, and then he comes out. <laughs> come out from behind your curtain. That's right. <laughs> Gets on the bridge, and that's when we get the lines from the game. He's like, are you man enough to fight me? And he's like, anyone who opposes me will be destroyed. I was like, oh, it's like the game. That's what they used to say before they used to fight each other. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then... Guile says, right, everyone get out. I'm going to fight Bison. And for some reason, Bison's okay. Says, yeah, cool. Everyone fuck off. I'll just fight him. Like, wait, no. What, why are you... Just let them all shoot each other. Because he, he thinks he's better. He thinks he can beat him. Oh, then we get a fight with Bison and Guile. And it's quite a good fight. It does go on for a while. Have then we... We missed the bit with Zang- with Zangief and E Honda. Oh no, where... no, we get to that. Oh, no, we okay, get, all we right. get to... Then suddenly, Captain Sawada, criminally underused, Captain Sawada turns up, <laughs> starts talking in his native tongue to someone. And they... did your version have subtitles? Yes. Did yours not? Um, I didn't. No, couldn't have said a word of it. <laughs> oh, they started saying some shit about. Oh, let's look at this monitor. This could prove useful or something. Like that. <laughs> and they click on it, and Eonda and Zangie for fighting to the sounds of Godzilla and King Kong. They're smashing up Bisonopolis. Oh, this is that so stupid. The entire reason why those characters are in the film, the Japanese characters, it's just so they can watch that. <laughs> this is so racist. <laughs> so, so racist. And they're still fighting. It's been going on for like 20 <laughs> minutes now. Oh, then we get Guy and Bison fighting, and then we get with Gold does the flash kick like he used to do in the game. And I wonder, like, did. Van Damme actually do that, or do you reckon he had cables that flipped him backwards? Cables. I don't know, he was pretty agile. Um, 
That's a Balrog and John Lee. For some reason, Balrog's now got boxing gloves on. Yeah, just, he's gone from somewhere. And he's taken his trousers off. And he presumably took it. <laughs> so now he looks exactly like he does in the game. So he's wearing a blue vest and shorts and he's got boxing gloves on. Oh, it's a bit warm in here, isn't it? <laughs> Pop my trousers off. Because it's my point. By this point, everyone slowly starts stripping their clothes off so they look like how they do in the game. It's so fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, even yeah. Sagat by the end has got like completely shirtless and there's a big scar up him. Which is in the game in Street Fighter 1. Yeah. Ryu done an uppercut and that's what he's got the big scar on his chest for. But yeah, that's right. Uh, then what happens? Then Guile kicks Bison into a computer which sort of electrocutes him. Like, <laughs> we think he's dead. And as he starts talking to Cammy on something, some sort of device, that's when we how see... Are, how are you, sir, mate? <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that the last thing you see it. <laughs> Here's Bison, all dead. <laughs> yeah. But then we see his suit is pulsating. I, know, I can never work out, was it his suit bringing him back to life or was it the computer bringing him back to life? But was some... his suit. His suit was connected to the computer and it kind of gave him like press, uh, chest decompressions. Oh, That's geez. a pretty nifty suit. I'd want one of them. I guess. But uh, yeah, he gets up and then just like immediately electrocutes Guile with some really crappy looking cartoon effects. <laughs> and he goes flying off. And then we see DJs robbing um, Bison's safe like that. And he's like, I should have stayed at Microsoft. So, okay, that's funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, because he's a computer guy. Okay. Uh, then, yeah, then Ken comes. He also wants to loot the room. And he finds a really shitty looking statue that he wants to steal. But that's when he sees on an intercom that Sagat and um, Vega are about to ambush Ryu. So suddenly he has a change of heart. Like, oh, Ryu, man. Oh, I'm coming for you. I was like, you couldn't give a shit a minute ago. Why do you care now? <laughs> I was going to leave all these other people to die, but not you. <laughs> <laughs> so then right on cue, Ryan, Ryan, Ryu starts having a fight. <laughs> Who's Ryan? Ryan? <laughs> not Ryan, Ryu starts having a fight with Vega in the, in the locker room. Now, I don't know about you. All of this now seems a little bit too little too late. Because now there's some really impressive fights going. I was like, why could we have just got this throughout the film? Like That wicked fight we could have got in the cage earlier I mean, on. We just saying, didn't get it. You're saying impressive. I, I wouldn't call any of these fights impressive. I don't know. I enjoyed it. But yeah, so now Vega's got his uh, mask and claw on and starts fighting with Ryu. And then this is when we now see a revived bison. And then Giles says something about what happens at like, the glory of fighting in Fist of Fist Combat. He's like, what's wrong, Giles? Have you never heard of superconductor electromagnetism? <laughs> this is just 90s shit again, isn't it? <laughs> and he starts talking about how it powers his, his dare skip powers moving freight trains and it levitates me <laughs> and it starts flying towards him and does the, the oh, what's that thing called the move called he does in the game the psychic psychic smash or something I don't know he just starts flying and Kyle towards. just stands there and lets himself get hit as he flies towards him slowly over and two over or three and times again. yeah mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh no just... he's coming right for me so slowly I'm going to be oh, able no. to move <laughs> <laughs> and at this point Ken is now Stop being angry with Ryu and has rejoined him and they start having a fight with uh, him and Sagat. And then, is that the bit when, for some reason, there's a furnace? And then Vega goes to punch Ryu and he moves out of the way and he puts uh, Vega's face towards a burning furnace. Like, oh, and then takes his mask off just a bit like, oh. <laughs> he does, takes his mask off and goes, ooh. <laughs> and also, ooh, you notice. That's very sore. <laughs> Vega only speaks four times in this film. And whenever he speaks, you don't see his lips move because apparently the bloke who played him, his English was terrible. So they just dubbed him, but then obviously had to do it every time he couldn't see his lips move. So he only ever speaks in a mask or when his face is kind of turned. But yeah. Anyway, sorry. This isn't Stu's uh, trivia. This is Smith trivia. Anyway, 
Uh, what happens? I didn't know that. The thing I did know, and, and I'll, I'll waste it now for Smith trivia, is uh, who they originally wanted to cast as Vega, the model Fabio. Oh, it's their first choice for Vega. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you well, go. I think yeah. I think who they, you know, chose in the end was good. He was a good Vega. It's fine. He looked. He looked the part. That yeah. Definitely, certainly looked the part. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Bison's continuing to beat the shit out of goal with those flying punches. <laughs> goal is still just taking there. <laughs> Again and again. And oh, again. I've fallen over again. <laughs> <laughs> Why? And then Ken and Ryu then defeat Sagat, and then <laughs> it just gives him that shitty statue. Goes, there you go. I owe you. He's like, wait, what? What? Okay, <laughs> I'm sure that statue's worth it. Did you notice the Hadouken? Yes, yes. Um, uh, Ryu does it, and you see a little yeah, flash of light as he does flash it. Flash of light. Yeah, 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 it's yeah. So shit. <laughs> and then if you look, Ken does the oh, are you good? You know the the uh, the uppercut. Yeah. But all he does is just hits him and just spins around. <laughs> he doesn't jump like four foot in the air or whatever like he does in the game. <laughs> but yeah, yes, I did notice that there is a count, and Vega does the the rolling stab as well. Like he rolls towards a Ryu yeah. and goes to punch him, but Ryu moves out of the way. So yeah, all throughout there are people doing their moves. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. During that many, many, many. <laughs> Long battles with Zangief and Nee Honda. At one point, Nee Honda starts doing the thousand of hands yeah, yeah, slap yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, then what? Then finally, when <laughs> Bison's about to do that flying punch for like the sixth time, Gold just does this flying kick. <laughs> then Bison goes flying into the computer screen. But I'm like, no! <laughs> it looks really shit. And then it just causes a massive explosion. And then now suddenly a power surge, and the whole layer is going to blow up. Like, yeah. why? Yeah, oh, and this is the point where they've got like the hostages. They just found the hostages. There was a little bit earlier, like, oh no, where are the hostages? Like, they just found them at some point. Because yeah, Barrel punches it. the trigger open and they get yeah, out. Yeah. There you go. We knew where Thanks. they were. We found them. All looking fine. Not malnourished or anything. Sangi for E Honda are still fighting. It's still going on. But at this point, E Honda says he has to go. And then quite clever what they've done where he's been fighting with Zangief he's kind of got like blood and soot on his face so it looks like he's got the makeup like he does in the game yeah, yeah, where he's yeah, got yeah, all the yeah. war paint on so I thought that was quite a clever way of doing it yeah and Zangief has been stripped down to his tiny pants <laughs> yeah it's like, what during the fight was he just been like <laughs> taking his trousers off and everything um, at that point yeah he <laughs> him and Balrog team like oh it's a bit hot <laughs> yeah very well these trousers must go and they <laughs> Zangief catches DJ trying to leave, and then that's when he works out Bison's the bad guy. He's like, but if he was a bad guy, why did you work for him? He was like, because he paid me a freaking fortune. Because if you've got any sense, you'll save your ass and get out of here. And Zangief goes, you got paid. Um, and this is what, yeah, DJ as well is stripped down to his vest, so he's looking more like his computer character yeah. as well. Yeah, looking all ripped. Uh, Chun Li mocks Cabby's hair for some reason for having pigtails. I was like, all right, it's going to be yes. like that. Well, look who's talking to you. Oh. Women <laughs> talking about hair, I wouldn't know. Stupid. And at this point, Zangief has done a complete face turn because then he's outside holding the door up, wearing his pants, going, Ah, go this way. <laughs> they all go running out, and, and that's enough at the end for him not to be arrested. <laughs> yeah, his car in war crimes. <laughs> yeah, oh, and playing dumb, I didn't realize I was just following orders. Okay, so oh, oh, the neural right. defense is here, Zangief. <laughs> Nice one. Uh, yeah, then Herman Sagat. Goering, Heinrich Himmler, <laughs> Zangief. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Uh, as DJ's trying to escape, Sagat's like, no, I'm going with you because I want to have half of that money that you've nicked. Left Vega to die. <laughs> yeah, we never really find out what happens to Vega. Presumably it just blows well, up. Well, there was, there was, there's a cutscene. Well, there, there isn't a cutscene. I don't think they actually filmed it. But he's meant to have landed on his claw. 
Oh. So in the original, and so the reason it got it got cut from like originally came in an R, and they yeah. cut it down to a to a PG thirteen. We actually got less than a PG thirteen, so that's why they put John Clover them saying shit in it, so it got a PG thirteen. And what they took out was blood, and so apparently it was um, he lands on his own claw, and that's how he dies. Oh, that's cool. So, so Vega is dead, but in this film, it just looks like he fell over and took out one. Well, fuck it. Going. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not helping you up. Well, I just feel like everyone's standing. Oh, no depth, got no anyway. depth perception with one eye. Yeah. Can't help. I couldn't see where he was. Uh, He's to my left. <laughs> this bit really makes me laugh. So Kyle fights Blanca and he doesn't want to leave. He's like, no, no, not like this. Not like this. Now, I couldn't work out. Has Dale Sim just shaved his head? Or has all, <laughs> or has all the chemicals made all his hair fall out? This one out either. Just like he's taking time out of his afternoon. I must look like a video up. game character now. I've shaved my head. Well, luckily, I've already got the chains. Uh, I'll just <laughs> shave my head off. Um, I'm going to assume it was the chemicals. Going, so what they're going for here, I think, is big, like, Frankenstein vibes. Like, they're properly going for, no, we deserve to die. It's like, mm, no. Blanca <laughs> didn't do really anything landing. wrong. Yeah, he didn't he, kill anyone. He just roughed a few people up. That's all he did. Well, he what does he did deserve to die? Like? Guards, guards, but... but everyone else is killing everyone. Everyone's shooting everyone. Oh, yeah, everyone's loaded him <laughs> dead. <laughs> Well, anyway, but then Dale Sim says he won't be alone. Like He's just going to wait with him while the whole thing blows up. I was like, all right, he could just run, but it's fine. And then everyone... men do nothing, that is evil enough. He's like, no, don't do that. Just <laughs> not get out. Just, just... And also, Dr. Dale Sim was kidnapped and forced to do this shit. He wasn't a mad scientist. Like, I was just thinking, this is a great idea. He was made to do this. <laughs> so why does he want to die as well? I don't know. Oh, everyone runs for their life as the temple explodes, and then Cammy and everyone else is outside, and they're, they're sad that Kyle's dead. There's a lot of crocodile tears. And it's <laughs> I've, written was... here, I've written here, act Kylie, act for all your worth. <laughs> <laughs> and then Zangief goes, he was a good soldier. How the fuck do you know? You've never met him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Zangief in your pants. And then he's <laughs> standing around in his boxer shorts. <laughs> Looking all cut. And then the, the AN troops are rounding up everyone. And, and then we see that Segat and DJ have escaped into a river. But when they open the chest, would you know it? Would you believe it? That money inside is the worthless bison money. And they just start throwing it around like, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, like. but they're not so, they're not dead or arrested. So Exactly. It no, could be worse. Take the win. Take the and w. I'm sure <laughs> Segat has probably still got quite a lot of money in the bank somewhere. So it's it's yeah. fine. I think DJ probably less so. But think about it. Microsoft, it's fine. Well, that's true. Yes, he <laughs> No, could. no. But he said... Bison paid him a frigging fortune. I was like, so why do you need a severance pay then? Probably just to assume he's I not know. getting I mean, paid if you were, I mean, to be fair, if you were getting out of a burning megalomaniac's layer that had loads of priceless bits of art and True. money around, you'd be on the lights, be on my pockets. True. Uh, then Guile emerges and he's not dead and everyone's happy. And then he promises Chunley an interview, but only if you wear that dress. I'm like, oh, Pervy old guy. <laughs> oh, what, you're ruining it. You're ruining it. You were, you were this close. This close to a good ending. Oh, Perv. Uh, then he thanks Ken and Ryu, who earlier on he promised them first class tickets home, but now they're like, no, someone's going to put this country back together. He's like, you have to think about enlisting? Of... Like, Maybe a couple of hustlers can help. Nope, deeply unqualified. A <laughs> <laughs> large scale municipal restructuring work, you are not qualified to do that. Sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sure he probably just sent them on their way. Um, and then that's when he goes over to Sangeef, and Sangeef does the side thumb, and he turns his thumb to do it properly. And then this <laughs> we get the cringiest bit. The temple blows up, and then they all do their poses for the winning go like, ah! <laughs> and get the title card. Sawada's there as well, doing Good. his. Wait, <laughs> you're not in the game. Get out of here, Sawada. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? 
Oh dear. And then, yeah, we get a title card and then a little memory of Rao Julia. And then, don't know if you realise, there is a post-credit scene. So, again, this is a film that, like Super Mario Brothers, that I watched again and again and again when I was a child and I had never seen this. I left it running last night and I was like, what's going on? And oh, apparently then I read after this that they left this out of the cinematic release. Yes, I read that too. Because of Raudy being dead and obviously there being no sequel. Yeah. That but... didn't stop them from trying though. <laughs> Indeed. And for those of you who haven't seen it, the, the post credit scene is there's a bunch of rubble. We see an arm punch up through the rubble. It's M. Bison's. And then he grabs hold of a joystick or something and then chooses he wants world domination, clicks replay, and then it ends. I'm like, oh, but. Yeah, that's it. There was no sequel because unfortunately Raul Julia died before this film was even released. And that's the end of Stephen E. D'Souza's Street Fighter, the movie, The Ultimate Battle. The (laughs) Ultimate Battle. So yeah, that was Street Fighter. So, oh dear, what a journey we've been on and we've gone very long. So I don't want to apologise because I've had such a good time talking about this. (laughs) Unless people have given up halfway through, they're not listening to us anymore. So let's <laughs> let's rewind back to May 1995 for you in December 1995 for me. What did you love about Street Fighter then, the movie, when it came out? Uh, I did love the fact that it was based on Street Fighter. I love the fact that I was seeing characters from the games live on screen. I enjoyed it as a campy piece of fun. It, it's very, very similar to lots of films of the same era. It has that feel about it. Like you could watch this and, I don't know, The Shadow or any number of films like that, The Rocketeer, like any number of films like that, and just kind of have them as a piece. And it's just, there's a feel to it, like a campiness, <clears throat> a certain kind of lack of quality <laughs> that really kind of helps it. I mean, it's for a film that's got 15 central characters, and yes, Ken and Ryu are not, none of them are the characters from the game, really. They look like them at times, but none of them are actually the characters. No one feels particularly Bison, yeah. None of them feel particularly short-changed, necessarily. You still kind of get them, and I think you could have had just like someone in the background be like, I'm Balrog. At least he gets, you know, some dialogue. Um, But yeah, I just I just, yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I just enjoyed the campy, silly action fun of it. Did you hate anything about it, though, back then? Or did you just think, oh, no, it's fun? At 10, no. I don't think I had the critical faculties to hate anything about it at 10. I wasn't there going, what's that? And what is it? I did. I think the Dr. Dalsim thing, because Dalsim was my favourite character from the game, I think that probably, even at 10, made me think, but why? And then when he had his shaved head, I was like, is he going to do something with it? No. <laughs> I'm disappointed. I'm going to eat some more sweets. Oh dear, yeah. I mean, I'm probably on the similar level with you. I really enjoyed it when it came out. I was bitterly disappointed there was no street fighting in it, and the bits when you think there are going to be. <laughs> I didn't even notice that when I was a kid. I was like, oh, they're having a fight. Fine. Well, it just it it teased you so much like you thought they were going to like in the cage, and there was other bits when you think, oh, okay, like this fight's going to go on for longer, and then it doesn't. You're like, oh, for fuck's sake. And yeah, I hated Blanker. I hated him. And oh yeah, yeah, actually, yeah. The Dow Sim thing was shit. Um. But yeah, generally as a kid, I, I rather enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. It was one of those films that had rewatchable quality. I watched it many, 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 many times of the year. And you know what? I've not watched this film generally for about 20 years, and I could still remember all of it. Scene for scene for scene for scene yeah, for scene. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah, it all yeah. came I, back to me. It's like, yep, I remember I all of this. I have seen it more recently than that, but I, yeah, I still, it's it's very, it's kind of burnt in there. Everything down to Simon Callow. Lines of dialogue mm-hmm. are, are burned in my memory. Yeah, mine too. Even silly bits, like when they pointed all the guns at them, I was like, the next line's going to be toys. Like that, he chooses it, he goes, toys. And I was like, my God, yeah. why do I remember that? That's so yeah, bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Like, right, and then, what do we love? Probably nothing, or hate about it now. And we've probably gone through the entire thing. 
I tell you what, I don't hate it. I don't I didn't hate, hate it. it. I, I had a good time it. watching it. I was like, this film isn't that bad. <laughs> like, uh-huh. It's is is it a good adaptation of Street Fighter? Fuck no. No, 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 no. Is it campy, enjoyable, knowing? Does it deserve its reputation as one of the worst films ever made? Absolutely not. It no. it knows what it's doing. It the comedy is all intentional and oftentimes very funny. Like it's, there are there are laughs in there. There are like big laughs in there on purpose. Now would it have been better with some decent fight scenes? Yes. Would it have been better with some better casting? Yes. Would it have been better with um, a plot that more closely resembled the game? I don't know. I don't think it would necessarily. Mm. But I, mean, I was talking about this last night. The only way to do Street Fighter, like if you if you look at like Street Fighter this and then um, the Legend of Chun Li, which is absolute bollocks. Yeah, I don't know you've seen that is awful. Like that's unwatchable. I can't remember anything about it, and I've seen it more recently than I've seen this. Um, the only way to do it would be to do it as a TV series, really, yeah. to do any yeah. justice, to focus one episode on each of the main characters and have their own little plots and arcs and stories going through it and do a big kind of multi-character TV show. It's the only way to do it justice. So is it a good adaptation of Street Fighter? No. Is it a perfectly enjoyable film in its own right? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I was determined to hate this. I was watching, I was like, I'm not bored. I'm certainly not <laughs> no, bored No, it's weird. I have seen films that we've covered on this. I've been getting about three quarters of the way through, like, fucking finish. Yeah. This, I was like, quite happily, like, I mean, it, it's paced really well. Yeah, People say it that. It's one of the, I was reading stuff that they were saying it's sluggish and the pacing is off. I didn't get that. I thought it was kind of, it kept itself moving along quite nicely. Yeah. It's not boring. It never stops. There's no, no scene where you think, what the fuck is this about? Yeah, not like Mario. Like, I had a thoroughly terrible time watching that. Every scene, I'm like, oh, for Christ's <laughs> sake. Like, like, like this, well, this yeah, was... Mario was loud and obnoxious and just fucking just grotesque. Yeah. This yeah. this is not that. It's some questionable choices, I think. But yeah. but yeah. No, I, I didn't hate it. I really didn't. I didn't hate it. didn't love it. I didn't hate it. Right. Cool. So I'm sure we've used up a lot of it, but it's time for Smith Trivia. What you got for us? Smith trivia. Well, um, so I told you I'd tell you why Kylie Minogue is in this film. Um, so this is filmed in various different countries, one of which is Australia. The Australian um, Australian uh, Board of or Australian Actors Union, I think it was, decided they wanted uh, an Australian actor in the film. If you're going to film in Australia, the Australian Film Board decided they want an Australian person in the film. Stephen Souza is sitting on a plane. He's flicking through a magazine. He comes across Kylie Minogue on the front of People Magazine Australia. Before you know it, boom, 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 she's in the film. The only reason she's in the film is because the country of Australia demanded it. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't know they're particularly happy about her playing a Brit, but there you go. Um, as we've alluded to, John uh, Adams spent the majority of the film coked off his tits. He's admitted this. He's admitted he's just a terrible human being at the time. Disappeared for days on end, causing massive delays. Was having an affair with Kylie Minogue and was generally disliked by every single person that worked on the film. Also, his salary for this was about $8 million, which is about a quarter of the budget. So the reason they got him is because Capcom wanted a big name. They wanted someone that was recognisable and they wanted two people that were recognisable. So they got him on one and then they got Raul Julia as the second most recognisable person. Now, Raul Julia went for stomach cancer unsuccessfully as it would turn out it was terminal and nobody on the set knew about it so when he turned up he was deathly thin uh, and so they had to reorganize the entire shoot of the film they'd already dropped martial arts training for people because uh the budget that they'd spend on john claude and Raj julie meant they didn't have enough money to do it so they cut the they cut the the martial arts training they then had to do all of the fight scenes first 
Now, any films that you, you'd care to mention that's got fighting in it will do all of the dialogue scenes first and do all of the fight scenes last because you then have time to practice them. You have time to rehearse them. They didn't have time for that because Raul Julia was so ill and looked so thin and so that they reorganized the whole thing because they realized they couldn't do close-ups with him because he looked terrible. So they reorganized the film and by the time he got around to it, he was feeling a bit, well, looking a bit better anyway and kind of really put his back into it. Um also, interestingly, I did write, until I did a bit of research, when, when I was writing the film, I wrote a note that said, oh, there goes Jean-Claude Van Damme kicking around Julia's stunt double again. Uh, but no, that is him in every single shot. Mm-hmm. Did all of his own stunts, despite the fact that he was near on death's door. And as I said earlier, similar to Frank Langella with, uh, with um, He-Man Masters Universe, he did it for his kids, because his kids loved it. His kids were on set with him the whole time. His family was there, they were with him. He died before it was released. What so, very, very yeah, they also... This whole film as well all got put together, cast, written, directed, finished, and put out in 13 months. It's crazy. I heard the script got written in one night. <laughs> yeah, I can believe that. <laughs> well, one version of it would have done, but they had to keep going back and forth to put new people in. True. Stephen E. D'Souza, who directed this, by the way, wrote Die Hard. Yeah. Man has. Man has. Yeah, 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 yeah. So has, you know, real, uh, real, real form in the genre. Um, also sacrificed part of his salary to uh, pay for various members of the cast. It's why you've got all these like lesser-known people in the supporting roles, because mm-hmm. they couldn't afford to have them, anybody well-known. Now, some of those people have gone on, as we said, to, to bigger roles. Uh, Ming-Na Wen, probably the most recognisable of them now. Um, others, kind of, obviously, a big star. Yeah, but, you know, other than that, mostly B-movie actors that remained B-movie actors. Yeah. Um, I can't think if I have anything else... I think that's all of the additional trivia that I didn't cover at points during. As I said, they wanted Fabio as um, as, as as Vega. I think that was the only big bit of casting trivia that I heard that person who didn't get. They did try to do a sequel in 2003, which would have had Dolph Lundgren in it alongside Jean-Claude Van Damme, but for whatever reason, it didn't take off. Thank oh, God. Fuck. Yeah. Thank uh, they are, as of, um, I think, April of this year, re-looking at doing another one. Well, we shall see. But I like your idea about a TV series. That sounds like a better approach. I think to do all the characters justice, you'd have to. Otherwise, you're just going to have... You're going to end up with a film that's a bit like Mortal Kombat. And, you know, I haven't seen that in a while, but I can imagine that in age particularly well. Um, So this was a budget of $35 It made $99.4 globally, which is not a flop by any stretch of the imagination. Definitely not. It's a big budget for the time for this kind of film, but it, it made its money back. Um, it came 13th in the list of all films released that year, which is wow. pretty good. Yeah. Uh, behind Lion King, which was by far and away the biggest hit of the year, like of talking triple the next thing, which was Forrest Gump, True Lies, Pulp Fiction, Speed, and it beat, it beat Ace Ventura, which we will never cover uh, for very obvious reasons, Stargate, which is a fucking banger, uh, Time Cop, The Crow, uh, Clarks and Leon. There you go. All films that this did better at the box office. All films that are better regarded now, with the exception of Ace Ventura, for obvious reasons. Yes. Yes. There is never <laughs> been <of> Ace Ventura. <laughs> no, certainly not. Um, I think that's it. Did you have any additional trivia that I haven't covered there? There was some nuggets, but I think we have covered it throughout. So no, I think. That's, uh, go on, go on, go on. Anything, anything, anything. And I'll see if I can. Uh... 
Well, you mentioned about filming in Australia. That's because it got a bit crazy in Thailand that people were getting food poisoning. They were drinking yes. water. It was horrible food. that was disgusting. Someone got busted at the airport because they had steroids on them. An unnamed and... actor. They don't know who yeah. it was, Dan Goof. Um, no, actually, for the purposes of legal, <laughs> unsubstantiated. Um, the... Yeah, so actually, the, the, so that was the other bit I thought actually reminded me. The line where uh, an attack by air, is it possible? Ooh, was because the Thai government wouldn't let them fly. Mm. The original script had them flying, so they had to change it to a boat. There you go. Cool. So that was Smith trivia. So, the million dollar question, Smith. Ooh. Does it hold up? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I mean, I would, I, I you know, it's it's not great. It's not, it's not good. But fuck, it's enjoyable. And if someone said to me, should I watch this film? I'd be like, yeah. Get a couple of beers down here. Stick on Street Fighter. You have a good time. <laughs> that's, you know, that's my recommendation for a Friday night in. How about you? Does it no, hold up? No, it does <laughs> Yeah, you're right, though. If you and your mates want to have a get pissed and watch it yeah it's hilarious but I would, if someone says i'm looking for a really good film this weekend you look oh yeah street fire yeah but i'm not saying it's a really good film watch street fire you're saying that i'm just saying if you've got you know a few mates around having a couple of beers right you're gonna put this on mario or master yeah. of the universe you put this on oh hell no 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 fuck you i'd put on master of the universe but no, 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 no. that's boring but no it's i'll tell you what this, this film this film is not atrocious it's not boring it is fun but it's stupid and it's not the game and it's yeah but it, I will watch it probably every 10 years. <laughs> but it... I've just remembered, I used to have the um, novelization of the film, the book. Oh, oh yeah. And they probably... had the novelization of it. So I read the book of Street Fighter. <laughs> Not my novelization of Super Mario Bros. I, I think get, it getting out from by... our school. I think it was by Stephen E. D'Souza. I need to see if I can get a copy of that. Off. <laughs> oh, another bit of studio. They actually made a game off of this film yes, so there's like shitty footage of like Jean-Claude Van Damme like fighting mm-hmm. as guy like Mortal Kombat style when they filmed actors doing it which is yeah yeah, yeah apparently yeah. the street game's fight, awful street fighter the movie the game uh, <laughs> the only street the only street fighter property where you can actually play as Captain Sawad <laughs> oh my god he's in the game I, I yeah I've played that I've played that game he'd be the first uh, person I play as. it was just, it's just like Mortal Kombat yeah that's it it's just like Mortal Kombat it's just a Mortal Kombat rip well, there you go so that's you think it holds up? I don't. So well, that's, I'm gonna have to do know. a tally of of stuff and see yeah. what the statistics are. I, I started off far more negative, and we've yeah, we've yeah. switched a bit. I think in recent weeks you've stopped um, being less grumpy. I'm in a good mood. Yeah, I'm not, but <laughs> never in a good mood. Um, right. Well then, you know what? Time is. The, is time is this the time where you tell me what I'm going to be subjected to? <laughs> yes, for the next episode. So what if I was to say to you, Smith, say you was to go into a fast food place, right? And you ordered a Fanta, but they said they didn't have Fanta. What might they offer you as an alternative that's very similar to Fanta? Coke? No, I think more of an orange-based drink. What, instead of Fanta? Orange, what, what, oh, no, 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 I'm not watching that. Come on, what, what do you think they'd orange offer you? Orange soda. No, 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 no. What would they oh. offer you instead of Fanta? I don't know. Um, Lilt? Lilt don't even exist anymore, man. Does it not? Oh, yeah, no, it's like Fanta Tropical. Um, yeah, yeah. I don't... What is an alternative to Fanta? Fizzy orange, orange squash, orange drink. I'll put you out your misery. Soda. Perhaps they might offer you a tango. And then oh, yeah. say, And say if you was to go no, into a shop... What fast food restaurant do you have tango in? KFC. Sorry. KFC have Pepsi. So they have... Instead of, like, Coke, Sprite and all that, they have 
Pepsi, Seven Up, and Tango. Okay, so, well then let me answer your question. They're probably offer you a Tango. And if you were to go into a shop and you want to pay by mm. debit card and you couldn't pay by the debit card, what would they say? We only accept this instead. Cash. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. what do you get? Tango and Cash. <laughs> That's right. We are going to be covering Tango and Cash on our next oh, episode. I've got fond memories of that film. <laughs> Me too. I've and I've genuinely memories. not watched it for about 30 years. So I really, really want to see that. I remember it being weird. Oh, see, when you were going down Orange Drink, I thought it was going to be Good Burger. Oh, hell no. I thought that was the skulls. I'm not watching fucking Good Burger. I'm not watching anything with Keenan and Kellen. I hated that. I think Good Burger is on our list of shit to cover, but that's where we're we're going to scrape the barrel where there's absolutely nothing left. That's what perhaps perhaps we'll consider it. I'd watch Mario again. Right. But yes. Honest to God, Mario. But yes, no. The next episode, we are going to be covering Tango and Cash from 1989. So just a last bit of housekeeping before we get out of here. Just want to plug our socials. So we are on email at it doesn't hold up podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to, you know, send all your hate to. No, no. Send your hate to Michael Smith. You can Hello. send <laughs> all your suggestions to, to us at it doesn't hold up podcast at gmail.com. And also let us know if we've ruined your childhood. Uh, we're on Instagram at it doesn't hold up podcast. We're on Twitter, or X as it's known, at Doesn't Hold Up Pod. We're on YouTube at It Doesn't Hold Up Podcast. And we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other good places you listen to podcasts. And remember, please do give us a good review on all our podcast platforms. And remember, we do cover anything. So we welcome all suggestions. So, yeah, that was Street Fighter. Thank you for nominating that, Smith. I did have a riot watching this and yeah, it. It, it was tremendously good fun but so uh, i'm very much looking forward to covering tango and cash on our next episode so is there any last thoughts you want to say on street fighter before we get out of here oh the day that we recorded this podcast was the most important day of your life for, for me it legitimately is tuesday <laughs> amazing and i just want to say to all of you before we get out of here i don't get